business, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. 600 left to go. And Miss Bullets a length in front of Santa Fia. Two Norwegian Wood, she's marvellous. Two to Candy Girl, they're starting to quicken up. Then came Kitty Kitty, bang, bang, followed by Real Empress, Norwegian Wood. Starfly, she must be eight to ten off the lead when they turn. And Spirit of the Valley into the straight. Miss Bullets leads past the 250, a length in front. Santa Fia's the big danger on the outside. They're out clear of she's marvellous. Norwegian running on and then Candy Girl. Miss Bullets the leader with 100 to go. A length in front, trying hard in second spot this Santa Fia, but Miss Bullets goes home to win. Miss Bullets wins it by three quarters on the line from Santa Fia, Real Empress third, then followed by Sundara, I'd say fourth from Norway. The Townsville Ladies Bracelet going to Michigan Purvis and ridden to victory by Pietro Romeo, who's had a big week, not only winning a feature race like that, he had a double at Cairns on Thursday and also had a big celebration. Congratulations to Pietro and Michaela with their engagement slash wedding celebration at Alligator Creek on the weekend. They're getting ready to tie the knot in Europe next year. As we welcome you to Bushbeat, our rounding up all of the country news. News coming through this morning on a host of cups. The Middlemount Cup going to Barrashiel, the Caulfield Cup to Lubbock, the St George Cup to Jockberg and the Great Western Sprint to Maurice Press are just some of the cups that we'll talk about this morning as we roll through Middlemount, Tambo, Caulfield and St George. And helping us roll through the news as always is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Tony, and we uh, would be remiss if we didn't say happy birthday to all our horses out there for yesterday, the 1st of August. Horses' birthday day, Tony. Yes. And congratulations also for the uh, the various premiership winners for the country uh, uh, jockey, country apprentice and country trainer of the year with the season wrapping up on uh, Sunday. Yeah, we'll uh, roll through that uh, a little bit later in detail, but the Queensland Country Trainer Award going to Todd Austin and the Queensland Jockey Award to Rick McMahon and the Apprentice Award to Talia Fenland. We'll give a bit more detail on that when we come to the Caulfield results where it was determined for Toddy Austin. But I'd also like to add my to Pietro there. He mentioned at Alpha after a win there that uh, it was going to help for uh, an overseas Paris uh, location, I believe, Tony, down the track. Yeah, they've got uh, plans to be heading over to Europe so they can uh, tie the knot in in England, I think. Uh, well, Pietro's family is in England and they want to attend and they're planning a Paris wedding or somewhere in England. But now that uh, yeah, borders are reopening and life is getting somewhat back to normal, uh, lovely to uh, to see some of the, the pictures that we saw there on social media from Michaela and Petri, Pietro over the weekend. As I said, a uh, big week for Pietro with that feature win at Townsville. The other feature on uh, Saturday was the Magnetic Island Mile, and that went to Macaro for Aidan Holt and Charlie Hoffman. Albie Molino trained a double at that program. I mentioned Pietro with a double at Cairns on Thursday. Well, that was for uh, trainer Megan Purvis, as that uh, association has continued with great success, and their double came up with my best effort in the benchmark 65 and was in the uh, the last was it the last race no there was another one there somewhere along the way just got to find it uh, i'm sure they had a double there this page yes gdansk in the uh, the benchmark 70 and while we're talking about doubles they raced at kilcoy last tuesday after we were on air with bushbeat and Matthew Powell, continuing on his winning way, Rob, he had a double and great to see Pat Duff with a training double. Yeah, we're starting to get those names like Matthew Powell rolling on through doubles and, of course, Megan Purvis uh, commencing her training career. And also great to see the social media comments of people congratulating their teams for their performances uh, during the uh, the season. But talking about those doubles rolling on, Tony, uh, has been cropping up. I think this will be the third week in a row and that's Brooke Johnson at Middlemount. And, of course, we've got Tony 
Kenny McMahon on this morning to uh, talk about this great Middlemount program and, and what a, a great start to the career young Brooke, uh, Brooke Johnson is, uh, is having. Uh, good morning to you, Tony. It was uh, an exciting Brooke Johnson and Tasha Chambers. Certainly was, Rob. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, lovely day out at Middlemount. The weather was uh, magic. Huge crowd there. One of the biggest I've seen there in many, many years. And as you alluded to, uh, Brooke Johnson, she's only 19, commenced riding uh, two Saturdays previous to, uh, to Middlemount. She rode a winner at her first day at Sangul and the following Saturday at uh, Emerald. And lo and behold, last Saturday at Middlemount, she rode a double. The occasion when she was named jockey of the meeting, the occasion was probably all the more meritorious for young Brooke because Jeff Mackay, who's the um, industry instructor from Racing Queensland, he was present uh, tutoring and talking to the apprentice jockeys there, and uh, he was just as well. He received the award for the uh, leading jockey of the day, so that was a, it was uh, very fitting. And, and one of her wins, I've got, I got a comment on the cutest maiden plate, Tony, Money Travels for Daryl Johnson and Brooke Johnson. This horse was having its 46th start for Snippets and Gelding for his first win. I can, I'll tell you what, Middlemount must have, because I can remember one of our horses, Rocket Billy Rebel, was up to we, uh, start number 23, and he had his first win in a maiden at uh, Middlemount. So congratulations to Daryl Johnson. That's what you call patience perse- persevering, and uh, Brooke kicking that one home uh, in the maiden. Certainly was. Uh, Daryl wasn't there on Saturday, but Ben Creer, I was for him, and at the presentation, Ben, uh, ben Benny Creer, he said, uh, patience personified for the owners. Very patient owners. Yeah, 40, uh, 46 starts once made, on a horse by a snippet son. Uh, it had previously been placed on something like uh, 10 occasions and won up to $56,000. So that price was shortly after that. Yeah, but Brooke wrote it beautifully. Uh, both her wins on that horse and also the other one, um, rough enough, I think it was. She took them to the lead, and they, uh, well, particularly Money Travel had an enormous lead and uh, just won very easily. Rough enough, who Brooke was other winner in the Grey Macton Memorial over 1475 horses, three of them in line. But it drew away very quickly to win in the straight, trained by uh, Zoe Hone. And you mentioned Tasha Chambers. Well, yes, she had a great day too. She's been in very good form lately, uh, Tash. Uh, she won on a horse uh, called. Uh, sweet as S D H W E I D. It's a it's a clever spelling uh, connotation for sweet as. Bell, who was the leading trainer of the day, and this one uh, was successful in the benchmark 65 for Tash Chambers. Tash's first day uh, riding out at uh, Middlemount. I did some statistics, and I think she's ridden at 70 tracks throughout Australia, way up north of Darwin. You name it, she's been all over Queensland and in the northern rivers of New South Wales. So she picked that one off when she rode it. Well, 71st track now. And, of course, she won the Cup, too, on uh, the marvellous old war horse, Barrett Cheel. In this race, uh, Brooke Johnson was going for three winners. She rode Grand Delago, the horse on whom she'd won her first race by nine lengths. Had a massive lead. Must have been eight or nine lengths in front at one stage, Grand Delago. But you could see Barrett Cheel, who was the class horse of the field. Uh, he was second in the Rockhampton Cup. And uh, she got him into the race, and from the top of the straight, he powered away to win for uh, trainer Jim O'Shea. There's a huge run in this race. It might sound silly. It's only four starters. Jim O'Shea's stable mate, Spring Creek. It was tailed off last 30 links, and I kid you not, uh, 20 links behind them. And it absolutely flew home and just missed out on second. So Spring Creek, it's up to provincial class. It's won in Rockhampton quite a few times, and I think if you see it in the near future... It'll give you a bit of a hard failure because it misses the kick. But, by oh, gee, the, the way it got home down the straight at Middlemount, which is a long straight, was indicative of, of a win. But all in all, a great uh, day's racing. The first race was won by the Alan Jones-trained um, Cinderella man, Mark Farnham. Rocky Jockeys took out the whole program. 
Alan was telling me he went to the first Middle Mountain meeting, it was well over 30 years ago, and scored a double. So he was very thrilled to win with this horse by exceeding Excel. But a, a terrific moment, and it always is. And uh, I've got a new committee now. Bill Gray was the former chairman there. He's done a lot of work uh, tutoring the new committee. He couldn't get there on Saturday. He had COVID, unfortunately, Bill. Uh, but it was a fabulous meeting. So congratulations to the secretary, Claire McCaffrey, the uh, president, Todd Matthews, and all the new committee guys that did the fabulous My ears pricked up when you were talking about uh, Tash Chambers' uh, other winner there in Sweeters uh, and how it was a nice play on words because the mayor, uh, or the dam, is, is sweet as, uh, S-W-E-E-T. Uh, but before being with Glenda Bell, was actually with Kelly Sweeter. So there's a little bit of sweet as <laughs> in Sweeters there as well. <laughs> Yeah, good pickup. Very, very true. No, good, good pickup. You're on the ball there this morning. Yeah. And Tony, also the beauty of having the uh, country race coverage uh, with well, covered through on the bit racing, it was great to watch that Middlemount Cup. And as you said, Spring Creek, it was ma- amazing run, uh, and as well as Barrachill as well. Now go back and watch those Middlemount uh, replays, and you'll see what Tony's meaning about the run of Spring Creek. But Tony, your your coverage of stories in Rocky uh, never ceased to amaze. But um, a bit of a sad story in a way. Uh, the legendary legendary Lyle Rowe. I was just saddened to uh, read the story about Lyle, which you because I know the March. Yearling sales. He was a draw card when you went down there. Uh, you meet up with Lyle and and the yearlings he was looking at and the stories he could tell. But a little bit sad the news that uh, you were able to portray uh, about Lyle. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Lyle is eighty one now. Uh, now two years ago he got uh, injured. Saw what happened. He was bringing a horse over from the uh, his stables at Callaghan Park, which are on course are about uh, two hundred metres away from the type stalls, and he was bringing it over in the dark. Uh, a stable hand not too far away heard a thud. And uh, when they came, they saw the horse was loose and Lyle was on the ground. So the assumption is he was kicked in the head. Uh, he spent quite some time in June, um, August, I think, for memory, 2027 weeks in hospital, had a, a fracture and a, a brain bleed. Now, it's fair to say he, he really never fully recovered from that incident, which is very sad to say. Uh, he battled on very uh, courageously with a team of horses. He had a wonderful person called Melinda Morris, who they have been in, I suppose you could say, for 14 years. And, and she helped him through a very uh, trying time. Lyle's wife, Patricia, who was very, very well known in racing up here, and, uh, and she was also admitted to uh, uh, facility. She had health problems. And uh, so much so, about uh, four, five weeks ago, Lyle had another turn to a Rockhampton hospital, and last week he was placed in a respite care centre uh, alongside Patricia. So it is a sad ending. Everyone remembers him winning a... Uh, a Stradbroke handicap in 1967 on the Condor train. Mr Hush, that was the year the Stradbroke was washed out from the Saturday, taken to the Thursday for memory. He was a leading rider for Fred Best in Brisbane. Rachel Gardner, who was a standout two-year-old. And Lyle's um, real, um, I suppose you could say, his real um, destiny in racing was training two-year-olds. He was a, he was a magic and had some wonderful horses, including a mythologist up here who won a stack of races. But, yeah, it's very sad. And uh, now his stable is closed at uh, Caligula. He won four premierships here. He was uh, much loved and well-liked throughout Queensland. And uh, he will be missed at those yearling sales, sales, not only for um, the sales himself, but for the uh, camaraderie he had after the sales, if you know, know what I mean. He was a good guy for racing Lyle. Uh, yeah, very much. So, uh, you know, 
have it. Just go down to the track again to see the horses. Yeah, very much so, Tony. I know from my days of going to Rocky Cup carnivals, uh, Lyle would always be there with a smile, come up and shake your hand and, and greet you, even though you hadn't seen him since the previous year's Cup or something like that. And as Rob said, you'd catch up with him at the cutest sales uh, at the Gold Coast. And it was exactly the same. He uh, was never uh, the, the gentleman, but he was always a gentleman and always had a smile and a, and a uh, welcoming handshake for everyone that he met. You've summed him up well, Tony. Just going back to that race replay at Middlemount, Rob, you've told everyone to listen to. Don't take any notice of the idiot race caller because he, Barrett Hill goes under the name of Barry and Mark Barton, I, I had him on Barrett Hill for some stupid reason. It was Cash Chambers and towards him and Barry Barton a winning course. I mean it, so my apologies for that. For that. Uh, but Mark, of course, rode Spring Creek who was flying game. That's the horse to follow. And we go to Yapoon Racing this Saturday. Fabulous meeting down there. Keppel Park, Yapoon. Class and Cup the following Saturday. Good on you, Tony. Thank you for that. Thanks very much, Tony. Thanks, Rob. Tony McMahon there having a look back day on the weekend. So we've got another uh, couple of meetings to check through. Rob will come to the Caulfield Cup very soon as well as the St George Cup. But right now, we're heading out to Tambo. Maurice presses, put more pace into the race. Richardson leads by five lengths over Tour Master, who's off the bid. No refund. Gillick's way to the outside. Black Sea passes. Coco Dioro, 300 metres to go. And Maurice Press is four or five lengths in front of No Refund, who's starting to rattle home now. Back on the inside is Tour Master, but 150 to go. It's still Maury's Press. Four links in front of No Refund and Tour Master. But Maury's Press playing with the big boys today. Wins the 2022 by four and three quarter lengths over No Refund. Tour Master, Black Sea, pass the card. Toco Dioro, Gillick's way. Oh, wowee. Yeah, what's he summed it up exactly right there, Rob? Uh, wowee, when he said there at the end with Morris Press taking out the Southwest Ford Nissan Great Western Sprint at Tambo on the weekend. And this is an exciting mare, and there's a couple of stories uh, coming out of Tambo as what's he, hopefully with his voice nearly back intact, will be joining us because there were doubles for David Rewald, there was trebles for Brooke Richardson and uh, Shane Iverson with doubles. But there's a big story that we're going to touch on this morning too for uh, our president of the Australian Breeders Association in Basil Nolan and Maurice Press is part of that, which I'll allow get Watsy to uh, to sum that part up. But impressive, all right, Watsy. Good morning to you. How is the voice? <laughs> good day, Tony. Good day, Rob. Yeah, it's getting better. Uh, it's getting better. I'm, I'm watching the clock. Um, a few throat exercises, drinking plenty of black tea, which was advised by Josh Fleming uh, to try and get this voice right for Saturday. But it was breathtaking, the win of Maurice Press. Um, benchmark 65, the Greater Western Sprinter. Some good horses have won this over the past few years, which I've been heading down there. And uh, I think another one quite a while ago with a few of her big wins, but uh, up to a benchmark 65, um, jumped sweetly from the inside and Richardson just controlled the race. And uh, basically the field were beaten 600 out. They were all off the bit chasing and uh, she cruised down to the line to win by five and three quarters. Over was doing its best work late for David Rewald, who rides and trains. And I thought a better run uh, by Toolmaster for William Pugsley and Anna Baker. Uh, although it was beaten nine lengths, uh, showed that it was getting near some of its best old form. But uh, Maurice Press, that was the second leg of Shane Iverson's winning double race two with a maiden called Stepping Stone. Uh, Brooke Richardson rode that also. It was the first leg of Brooke's winning treble. Uh, beat Matagorda, uh, who's so close to a win for David Rewald, who rides and trains. And short takes for Raymond Fraser and Anna Bacos. Ran a funny sort of race short takes. Uh, looked as if it was going to drop out to again to be beaten 2.1 lengths. But the story you were alluding to there in the opening uh, with Basil Nolan uh, had his best winning day as an owner. Um, 
winning two races in Brisbane, and uh, as Ivo suggested to me, would um, wouldn't match the two he won at Tambo, of course, uh, with Stepping Stone. But also an equally um, good feat for the mother of Stepping Stone, Rob. Uh, Stepping Stone being the eighth foal for an eighth winner. Yeah, the mayor Stepping is one of his favourites uh, uh, for Basil, and uh, he refuses to move her on because now with eight out of eight, uh, she can get her back in foal from what I hear. But you mentioned uh, Brisbane with him, of course, C. Marie. And I, when you mentioned this the other day, I couldn't find the fourth winner at all. And then it was uh, inf- it informed me that Chatty Lady, he leases to the Curry Stable, and yep. Chatty Lady is the other winner. But, but what's he? The story I heard in the grapevine, he's uh, young William. Um, apparently, whenever he gets a winner, William hits him up for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, Basil's <laughs> a little bit worried what he's going to... That's with one win. He's worried what's going to happen now he's had four wins. There's going to be a lot of buckets of KFC, I think, going around that Basil is up for uh, with the the grandson. Two-piece team for the week. That'd, uh, that'd <laughs> might, that might satisfy his uh, KFC. Uh, other winners on the day, and uh, as it um, started the day and ended the day, both with David Rewald winners, and we've mentioned so many times in this program how well David places his horses. Now, Flash Fibian, who's been running in open company fives, has made its way back to an open, uh, a benchmark 50 on Saturday over the 1,000 metres and was too good. Uh, for Mr. Cruz, for Tony Schofield and Jason Misson, and he's a wild one for Tony Schofield and Anna Bacos. But Flash Fibian tracked the early pace set by Mr. Cruz and um, came out off its back, turning for a bit of a battle to get its nose in front, but it did so in the end. And uh, $4 was bet in the ring, which was a pretty good price. He also won the last with the ever-consistent mare and tough mare surprise selection. Uh, out to the 1400, a pet journey was too good. Uh, similar, it uh, turned for home... Uh, got to the leaders uh, right away to win by three and a quarter lengths. They have a simple saga, who I thought was a pretty nice run for Les Baker and Brooke Richardson. And boom, shake the room. Three wide the entire trip for Gary Bignall and Ross Tilly. Uh, did it the tradesman's way, but stuck on pretty well. And another win in store for boom, shake the room, just around the corner. I thought probably the run of the day, actually, was we finished fourth in that race. Keep an eye out for it, over 1,400 metres and beyond. And the other win on the day in the Jared Transport head of the Baku River Open was won by Tycoon Zip for Les Baker and Brooke Richardson. That was the third of Brooke's three winners for the day. It uh, jumped sweetly from an outside. Barrier took a little lead as I want to be a Jeep, pestered it for a fair way. But um, there was often queries over this horse getting out to 1,400 and probably beyond 1,200, to be honest, in, in the early stages. But it ran it right out nicely uh, to win by a length and a half over Enterprise Grand, who uh, was very good for Clinton Austin and Abacos. And I want to be a GP well for Boy Foster and Denisha Smith. Uh, the other favoured runners, another planned burden and Gypsy Biker just got way too far out of those, their ground early. Uh, so probably forgive runs for those three horses, Rob. Yeah, Tycoon Zip really intrigues me, uh, Watsi, because, as you mentioned, uh, previously known as a sprinter, in fact, he was in the Battle 2019, but he seems to love Tambo. He's now two wins and a third from three. And look at the record with Les Baker. He's only missed the money once in eight starts uh, since he's joined Les, and now he's got him out to 1,400. That's two in a row over the 1,400 for him. So he's like some of these other horses that appear to get a new burden uh, last season, stepping out from sprint distances to extra ground, was um, doing the same. But, uh, look, Tycoon Zip, he could be a force to be reckoned with in, in quite a few of these races over this distance now. 
Yeah, and he looked a million dollars on Saturday, Rob. And as we know, with, with Les Baker, he turns his horse into a small stable. And uh, he certainly found the key to this horse. I thought the, the real turning point for, for his preparation was the good second behind Nick the Skip at Roma. I think three runs back and had a big flashing red light on it that day. Still probably wouldn't have um, been... Um, keen to get on him at the 1400 but he, uh, with those two under his belt uh, things like the Blackall Cup later in the year those 1400 metre cups are certainly going to be within his grasp a yeah, great day of racing at Tambo and Brooke Richardson uh, with that treble uh, a big wrap up for the season for her in fact what's she, she moved into third place on the country jockeys to the 40 wins in tying with Jeff Felix in that uh, third position and across the board the uh, the country premiership the northwest and the central west have uh, had a good uh, result uh, with uh, Rick McMahon taking it out with 53 wins over Dan Ballard and I think in the top 20 there's probably uh, a dozen or so really riding out here and Todd Austin just over Tanya Parry when I do Caulfield in a moment uh, it came down to that meeting but big congratulations to um, Todd and Tanya there magnificent achievement Todd getting up 56 to 54 and and um, when you look at it too with um, you know the fact we probably have 10 or 12 in the year that they're averaging over a winner a week it's it's a fantastic performance. Um, Tanya and Todd, they've both got a pretty good team, uh, pretty big teams in work, but they place their horses well and um, they're an asset to, to each region. And as for the jockeys, um, well, we're blessed out here in the Central West at the moment uh, with the Lonnie Brummel and Robbie Farr, uh, Brooke and Rick in um, Barcall, and as well as that David Rewalt. So uh, we're very lucky that we have um, a good core jockeys and uh, add to that the the traveling jockeys that come out here every week and yeah look um great reward for, for the effort put in for all the stables this year where are you off to this weekend what's he uh richmond on saturday and then uh, thursday and uh, next thursday um uh, rodeo thursday at mount isa mm. big uh, big carnival always up there uh, always a great time of year when as you say the the radio's on in town and all roads lead to the isa yeah, they've got a big um, pen in up there, of course, with the rodeo and the Mail and Express on Thursday night. And um, big effort uh, for the committee every year, um, of course, headed by Jay Morris to get the troops up and rallying because um, we know how hard it can be, but uh, they, they do it well up there at the Isar. They've pulled on a lot of extra meetings throughout the year, and it, it's credit. He's on Tambo this morning. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. Andrew Watts, what's he there with us on Bushbeat this week? Let's continue on our trek around checking out some of the cups from the weekend and Rob was at Caulfield on Saturday. Van Winkle past the 600 metres mark. Still keen to go a little bit faster for far because on the outside going forward is my old Melody maybe just feeling the pinch at this stage at the 400. The book coming to the outside. Jarhead patiently ridden, waiting for the gap and her merle about five lengths off them. Van Winkle straightens up in front of my old Melody. The book lets loose. The book at the two 200 metres mark comes down the outside. Felix goes for it and puts a length on Jarhead. Lubuk, Lubuk, this newcomer for the stable. He's gone to open company quick. He's taken the Brody Agency's Cup with a strong finish by two lengths over Jarhead. Van Winkle into third. And then we drop back. To, uh, Rob, we always have to specify here. that it's the real Caulfield Cup, as in C-O-R-F-I-E-L. Cup going there to uh, Lubuk for Jeff Felix and Todd Austin. Tony, do you think if I have to develop a resume on race calling, I could indicate on it that I've called six Caulfield Cups now, <laughs> but I won't change the spelling? No, no, no. <laughs> just, just put it in the audio resume. The audio. <laughs> 
And uh, look, it's a great, in the, basically in the middle of nowhere between Winton and Hewenden on the way to Hewenden. And uh, great to see that there's a little bit more grass around and that sort of thing. And uh, they look after you really well. They've got a great calling standards like a bush veranda where everyone fits into it. But look, this meeting was really important because it came down to the premiership between Todd Austin and Tanya 54 wins apiece. And in actual fact, whenever you start off with the Caulfield meeting, uh, this maiden plate, if you can jump to the lead, you tend to win it. And Tanya had a pretty strong hand because she had the uh, three runners in there and, and she tends to win the maidens all through the northwest with the numerical number of horses she's got. But Sanchez be far upset that with an all-the-way win over Tanya's horse, Rapid Style and our young man. And uh, that sort of set the tone because then you were coming down to the second race on the day, the 54 wins apiece. We knew Rick McMahon had wrapped up the jockey's premier with the number of wins that uh, he already had and he ended up with that with 53. They stepped out for the benchmark 60 and that song, now this horse was resuming and in actual fact it resumed last year at Caulfield over 1,200 metres. It carried 64 on Saturday, not having run since September 21 and this Your Song Gelding it got the better of Will Maline to win by a neck and Christmas Creek, one of the early leaders up there with Will beat it, hanging on only three-quarter length away in third. That got Todd the one win in front. And we came to the third. That was the benchmark uh, 50 handicap. Todd having two runners in it. They ran third and fourth in Blade Man. Tanya's runner in Justice was down the track. But the Ruffy Blacks that were talking to Watsy a moment ago, he threw this out on the radio on Saturday as the uh, the Ruffy of the day. For Sean Roy's and Jason Hooper, basically leading all the way and got up at $21 for the Keep the Faith gelding. Come off an unplaced hue and run where that meeting was uh, two races. And a couple of these horses came through that similar form lines and uh, they performed better on the track at, at Caulfield. But Black's all the way winner over a very strong finishing do I have to and Blade Man. So the, the Caulfield Cup was set with the scene of Todd Austin, one in front, two races to, or three races to go. And LaBus at... Um, Liam Balderson, lucky owner Liam, I call him, because he's had a great season with ownership. And Jeff Felix, there was no pace on, virtually right through to the turn, and this horse can sit and sprint. And hes I think he's still only a Class 5. Uh, so look out uh, the open company level now, because this 1,400-round and Jarhead was game, but, oh, LeBook, it just ran away from them. And uh, that basically sealed it. Uh, for Todd because it was either going to be a dead heat uh, or it was Todd. And when you looked at the field in the next, there was no um, Tanya Parry and there was no Toddy Austin. Uh, sorry, there was Tanya Parry in it and one for Todd. Uh, but Kerry Crow ended up with a race-to-race -race double to seal the program. Firstly, with old Snippy Strategic, uh, Jason Babarovich and Barra rode both of Kerry's winners. Uh, this this galloper was probably the better today at $3 because he had 61 and a half. He was down riding class. He's had 14 wins. Some of these horses had had one win. And he'd been in the money led all the way over my fixation and Miss Ziz. And then Kerry and uh, Jason Babarovich backed up with Liz's Delight in the final event over the 800. Uh, another one unplaced at Hewenden two back, but uh, led all the way from the inside barrier, held on strongly over Bell's Desire and one more field. But the the meeting is, is an iconic one on the program up there, and it's well attended, great fashion of the field, everything that you want for a country. I'll tell you one thing, Tony, I've never seen this before. You often see kangaroos being chased off courses and so on. But on the way to the barrier for the last race, the uh, the clerks of the course were called back because they found a couple of golf balls on the track. <laughs> they have a nearest-to-pin uh, event. Obviously, a couple of people were shanking, hooking, or slicing, 
and they ended up so well done to the jockeys I reckon that they saw them on the way around and the clerk being able to pick them up I've never seen that one before a couple of golf balls holding up the start to the race while they retrieved them off about 100 metres or so from the post but just another iconic feature of a country meeting yeah we've seen uh, wildlife loose uh, everything from as you say kangaroos to wallabies to emus and dogs holding up starts of races at racetracks I've never seen golf balls uh, coming as you say shanking out from the left with a bad hook or a bad slice or something like that holding up the start of a race. Uh, it's a unique feature country racing, isn't it? And that's why it's so iconic in Queensland. But uh, the Cups racing uh, just continued over the weekend and there was a horse that's really come of age with uh, wins at his last two at Roma. And we hear the win of Jockberg at the St George uh, Cup at St George on Saturday. Carlin trend in front, 400 metres to travel, leads a length and a half to Radapole, getting to the outside and running on quickly would have been Jock Berg and right down the extreme outside Trunkley, Carlin trend with a quick inside the 200, coming again is Radapole, down the centre of the track Jock Berg and over on the outside Trunkley, Jock Berg going after Carlin trend, Jock Berg sprints to the As Peter Flynn said in the call of the St George Cup there on the weekend, Rob, the Queensland Cotton St George Cup, it was Jockberg for Soraya Champkin and Pat Richardson. You were saying about Jockberg coming of age and we had Soraya on the show uh, a couple of weeks back and I'm so pleased to see the success coming back her way after that uh, terrible fall and accident she had in the enclosure leading into Roma Cup Day last year. Oh, definitely. It's great to see that name up in lights there again. And this Jockberg, this seven-year-old by skill, nine wins from 47, as I mentioned, won his last two at Roma by much more convincing margins. And this was a strong win uh, over Carlin Trend and Radapole. So Jockberg's going great guns and uh, anything over this 1,600-metre journey. Well, Tony, you start looking for races like the Roma Cup down the track, I would imagine. He's obviously one that will be uh, targeted that way, but... Um, the lady certainly had uh, a really good day out there at the um, at the meeting, and uh, Hannah Richardson was one of the other lady jockeys that scored a win on the day for Patty Webster with Real Drama, a three-year-old filly by Real Saga, first win in eight starts over Single Charge and Kenny Dawn, and another young apprentice in Sarah Robbins for Matty Crop uh, with Fair Fella. Now this was in the uh, Open Handicap Sprint over the thousand Tycoon Ruler that's third up. He's got a good win strike rate. He's nine from 21. And this is where I start thinking, Tony, about country cups and stampedes. Do you start looking at these horses and maybe Fair Fella is the sort of horse Matty Crop would target towards the uh, the country stampede with that sort of win record? He's beating horses like New Alliance and Phoenix and Piracy was in the race. So a very strong win, and it was a two-and-a-quarter length win. And I'll, I'll run through shortly those qualification conditions there. But uh, it's really intriguing as you move towards this latter part of the year now with these uh, feature events on, what sort of horses are going to be aimed uh, that way. And the other winners on the day, uh, Camarillo, Peter Rice and Gary Gearin combining uh, over Funky Farm and the crown man in the uh, Benchmark 55. Lenroy for James Hash, Hatch out of Burke for Paul Randall. The Dream Ahead taking the win over Broken Windows and Isle and All. And uh, as we heard uh, with Flinney's call there, Jockberg, a very strong winner in uh, the St George uh, Cup. But, uh, yeah, 
I, I just find it uh, really interesting now, Tony. We look down the track and we look at these country cups and country stampede. Uh, they'll be on us very shortly because they, uh, the heats are starting just around the corner. Yeah, now that we're into August, it's uh, only a matter of six or so weeks before we get into the uh, the cups and stampede heats for the 2022 Racing Queensland Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede. Starts on the 17th of September when the Atherton Cup will be the first leg of the Country Cups Challenge. There's a 1,000 metre open quality at Springshore the same day that will be the first leg of the Country Stampede. On the 23rd of September, the Ewan Cup is the next leg of the Country Cups. Longreach Cup the following day on the 24th. And also the Spring Cup at Mount Isa is going to be the Country Stampede heat that weekend. We go into October. I won't run through them all, but giving some of the venues. Into October, the Eidsvold Cup, the Clon Curry Cup. There's a sprint at Gainder. There's also the Emerald 100. that is a leg of the Country Cups. Uh, Stanthorpe Cup is only uh, 1,400 metres, so that's a Country Cup heat, but there's a Country Stampede 1,000-metre open quality on the same day. Uh, we continue on into October with uh, legs coming through at Blackall, Innisfail, Clifton, Gladstone, uh, Home Hill for the Burdekin Race Club with their Home Hill Cup. Bar Calden with an open quality as well as part of the uh, the Stampede heats there. Uh, back at Yapoon for the Cup there into November. Uh, Charleville, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're up and racing by uh, the 1st of November for that. Plus Bundaberg, Cumbia, Chinchilla, Moranbar, Cooktown. Back to Blackhall, back to Ingham, Atherton and wrapping up at Roma with uh, Roma Cup Day on the 19th of November. And of course, all leading up to the big final uh, coming up on George Moore Stakes Day at Doombin on December 3rd. And look, some of these horses we mentioned this morning could be well targeted that way. We've uh, heard LeBook out of the Caulfield Cup. Well, he could easily head that way to the uh, the Country Cups. Uh, Maurice Press, well, definitely one that's uh, headed that way, I would imagine, uh, for Shane Iverson. And uh, maybe Fair Feller, Edison, George and Jockberg, they all head that way. And the, the key conditions that people need to uh, realise is that it's restricted to no metropolitan wins in the last two years, the quality handicap 1,600 and the uh, stampede over 1,100. If you've won the Battle of the Bush, etc., or those races on the way through, that's not considered a metropolitan win. Um, they have to have started in any of the 16 qualifiers, but they must have started in a minimum of five races at the country race meetings. Now, this is the important bit. Between 24th, the 11th, 21, and 23rd, the 11th, 22, which is after the final heat uh, date, which means that basically you've got four non-TAB or country races and you can include the heat as the fifth one is the way I certainly read that and, and from talking to trainers the way they're reading it um, because that allows them to have the five races at the country race meetings so this gets to be an exciting time again as we look towards this and, and let's remind people that the um, the country cups is now worth 200,000 and the country stampede is 105,000 so it's got another big carrot at the end of the stick for the end of uh, the calendar year uh, of 2022 Tony. We look forward to uh, tracking our way through those country cups challenge heats and country stampede heats starting off next month. I mentioned uh, the uh, tab meetings before and some of the doubles uh, remiss of me not to mention that yesterday at Rockhampton Jason Taylor rode a double as did Ryan Wiggins combining with Ricky Vale for a double there at Callaghan Park and a busy weekend on the way following on from today's Warwick tab program Thursday Townsville comes alight again with the lightning and the bell of the Burdekin and I see that William Pike is riding at Townsville on Thursday. Tom Tommy Button's already secured him for a number of rides at the uh, the program there, including uh, in one of the features there on uh, on Thursday. I did note that uh, Tommy has booked 
William, in the uh, Aquas Park Bell of the Burdick and the Phillies and Mayors uh, $50,000 event where uh, W Pike is engaged for Norm's Choice. So it'll be great to see uh, W.A. Pike in town there for the uh, the Lightning and the Bell of the Burdekin on Thursday. Townsville Cup Day, of course, with the Cleveland Bay and the Guineas uh, coming through on Saturday. Saturday Racing also, Mutterborough Cup Day, Nanango Cup Day, as Watsi mentioned, Richmond are racing, as Tony mentioned, Yapuna racing. And uh, we also have the Maranoa Diggers Race Club racing at Mitchell on the weekend, Rob. Yeah, I have a lovely meeting to go to at Mutterborough on the weekend for that, uh, their annual meeting, and it must it must be the indicator for me that the uh, time is up because Snoopy's decided to bark after sleeping <laughs> all the way through the show. Um, but we'll be back next week on Bush Beat. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au with any great stories on country racing. And uh, back next week, Tony, as I'll chase him out the door and let him have his real bark of whatever's the noise, the little poodle. And uh, we'll be back next week on Bush Beat. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Our thanks to uh, Andrew Watts, Tony McMahon and Rob Luck joining us with all of the news on Bushbeat this week. Good luck to all clubs and all those participating at the races coming up this weekend. We wish you safe racing and a happy day at the tracks and we'll be back to report on that again next week on Radio Tab on Bushbeat.